You know, for somebody who preaches PMA, Jake Cal, you sure have an awful lot of negative things to say about the NWA. That's a message I got recently. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess I haven't been giving the most glowing reviews of the National Wrestling Alliance. And I think that might be a byproduct of, I want more. I want better. And I'm actually surprised some of you aren't on my side of this. I'm surprised some of you aren't championing championing the cause I'm trying to preach here because I'm not looking for perfection. No, no, no. I'm looking for consistency and I'm looking for growth and I'm looking for the betterment and I'm looking for at least a program that was on the same par of the first three seasons of NWA Power. My name is J-Cal, and this is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. This is the Alliance Blog Podcast. And over the past few months, past few weeks, I guess, I've been critical of the National Wrestling Alliance, not from a place of a hater or someone who just, uh, you know, is, uh, is has sour grapes, you know, someone who wants to see uh, the NWA fail. There's no schadenfreude here, fellas. No, I'm here because I want to see the NWA succeed. Now, I know, I know no one from the office is listening to this podcast. Why would they? There's plenty of yes men out there telling them that the, the Emperor's clothing looks great. You know, m- my boys, uh, Kevin Frazier, the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, DKM and myself, every Thursday night at... Uh, 9 p.m. or excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, have been talking about how we would improve the NWA. We do pick apart uh, bad booking. We do pick apart, um, you know, weird uh, interview questions, or we have been picking apart why the NWA is choosing to do some of the things they do, like, you know, release a pay-per-view and have that pay-per-view available for order for three weeks without actually giving you any matches or, you know, airing uh, shows on its paid subscription that's essentially recaps that you've already paid for. Or, I mean, even the most recent atrocity was last uh, the last episode of Power Surge where it was obviously filmed out of order and those matches probably should, or the match and a couple of the promos should have probably aired much sooner than they did. So there is some continuity issues. And, and I've been very clear about how I feel about this NWA, this NWA power, this new era. The the I, I don't want to say it's the lightning one era because three seasons ago was, was the lightning one era. But I guess um, I guess we can call this the fight era of the NWA. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I, I find um, to be wrong. But there are many things that I also champion when I see that they're right. I mean, who can deny how great, how great the Pope has been for the National Wrestling Alliance? And and although I might have been optimistic at first, adding Chris Adonis to Strictly Business has been, you know, quite enjoyable. And I know that all of this, all of these matches were filmed in a span of like three or four days. So I know that, that you know you're you're trying to um, you're trying to put it all together, and there's just it's just not clicking yet. But maybe it you know maybe it will. This was only the first set of tapings. I mean that's got to be part of the drawback. If you film stuff in March, and it's still on air through April and May, 
and then coming up to June. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I could see some of the problems, but I will champion the good things. And one of the good things that I see is the introduction of uh, Jazz as an agent for the women's wrestling for the NWA. I think this is a, a slam dunk. I think this is a great, great move. And uh, when we come back, you're going to hear my partner, Kevin Frazier, talk about Jazz, his former trainer, and what she's going to bring to the table for the NWA and what his hopes are with her being a part of the National Wrestling Alliance in the, in the, uh, in the behind the scenes. So uh, take a listen. Let's talk about something um, that I really feel like the NWA did a smart thing. In fact, I'm going to celebrate this as probably the best decision they've made since they've come back. And that's because Jazz, who recently retired from in-ring competition, has been uh, hired. Has been uh, She's going to be a part of the NWA going forward as a producer, agent, for the National Wrestling Alliance. And this is good on so many reasons because one, Kevin will tell you, she she eats, breathes, sleeps, dreams. She is pro wrestling. And I feel very good about that. I feel like, wow, that's a great move for the NWA because she's somebody who gets it. She's, she had WrestleMania moments, you know? She's one of three people to be an NWA Women's World Champion and a WWE Women's World Champion. So I'm very excited about that. I think this is where, um, at least in the women's division, we're going to see a step up, right? The other part to this is that, you know, a lot of people were speculating with Thunder Rosa, um, her contract expires at the end of the year. A lot of people think she's halfway out already. I kind of feel like that's what the whole May Valentine point was earlier. Um, Jazz is training those talents with at Mission Pro at the Dog Pound, the Dog Pound Dojo. They're literally training talents, and I feel like this might be a good way to see new faces and new blood into the NWA, and at the very least, have that trust that the the producing the person producing the match and and agenting the match has this experience and is involved. I think this is really good. Kev, I know you have a lot to say about Jazz. I'm going I'm to hand you the mic. Um, you know, when um, when Rodney, who was my primary trainer, but Jazz was the person I did a huge amount of my in-ring work with, and a lot of the moves that Jazz, you saw Jazz do on WWE, I, I got to be the guy that she messed those moves up on one or two times. Um, you know, Rodney always told a story about how when they broke in with Junkyard Dog that Jazz, like JYD made Jazz. That's what, that's what Rodney said. And apparently from what I know about what he said, like Rodney never seen a person work harder than Jazz worked during that time. Um, by the time I caught up with him, you know, they had already you know, started being successful wrestlers and like jazz was a person that we would work on drills for hours 
and I don't exaggerate when I say hours. I mean hours. Um, I feel like 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 she would come in after we had been working so like on this for a long time. She would come in and do everything we did in fifteen minutes. Like pop pop pop. I mean, she was the best professional wrestler I've ever seen in my life. And like I said, I've been in the ring with Daniel Bryan, who many consider the greatest wrestler of the generation. And I'm telling you right now, Daniel Bryan is not on her level. That, and that's not a knock, dude. Daniel Bryan is unreal. But I would say Jazz is, Jazz is was the most exceptional athlete I've ever been in the same vicinity of. I played football with NFL linebackers and baseball with MLB pros, and I've been in, in the ring with a who's who of professional wrestlers. And I'm telling you, like, I've never seen an athlete quite like Jazz. I've got so many stories I could tell. And the thing that made her exceptional was not her athletic ability, but her unwillingness to settle for anything less than greatness. And I think that is going to be or could be something that that could help take not only the women's division to the next level, but if 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 she's allowed to produce fruit in that division, it might spill over into the decision making process in the men's in the men's division. Um, I don't think I don't think a woman can't book men's wrestling. Period. That's just the way I'm going to say it. I would guarantee. I would. I would tell you that she had better ideas than than the majority of the guys that are booking it right now. Um, the other thing is, is I would love to see Rodney Mack get involved in the booking at some point, and in that same capacity, because we used to do shows in Louisiana when they first got out of WWE and uh, went down and did a lot of events they you know for them when they first moved down back down to Lafayette and uh, the way they would book the cards I mean you felt like you were at like a an ECW event because the things that we were telling you that I've been telling you about like how they can use the talent at NWA actually that that's why I learned it was doing these events you know, we would we would they they we would have a card of maybe four really good wrestlers. So you're not gonna book like six matches when only two of those matches are actually gonna be really good. That's just bad booking. So they would book the first half of the show in a way where one night we had a promo that turned into an impromptu match that somehow turned into a tag match. And somehow ended up into like a battle royal or something. I don't know. But like they used the talent in a way that no one was exposed for what they weren't good at. Practice is the place to expose somebody, not in the match in front of the paying fans. That's not the time uh, to make Thunder Rosa look like an idiot. You do that in the back. You do that man-to-man, face-to-face, or woman-to-woman, face-to-face. You don't passively, aggressively throw them under the bus on TV, that's that's just coward. But they would book the talent in a way where they they would use all the strengths. 
and then the match we'd have. You know, Jazz would come out and do a popcorn match and blow the crowd through the roof in a six-minute match. And then I would go out and wrestle the semi-main in a work-rate match, and Rodney would wrestle a big heavyweight in the big payoff match and beat the hell out of each other. And the fans were just left ecstatic. Like, they were, they could not wait till the next show. People were falling out the doors. So I know that Jazz knows how to book a book, and I know she knows how to coach and direct talent, and I know she won't settle for anything less than, than the best that, that they would give them. But like we talked about off air, and I'm going to say it on air, is that I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to believe that they're going to allow her to do that. Um, but do I trust them to do that? I don't think there's a lot of trust right now. So I'm not going to say I do, but I'm a man of faith and faith is amoral. Where you put your faith is what makes it what it is. I'm going to put my faith in, in, in something that something good's going to come out of this. So that's going to be hope. And so I'm going to hope. I'm not going to bet on it. I'm not going to put my green dollar on it. I'm not going to bet on it, but I'm going to hope that they allow Jazz to come in and actually make some changes and do some things, especially in the area of maximizing the talent that they have because that has been the biggest drop in the NWA so far is just not maximizing what they have. You've heard me use the 911 comparison. You know, you don't have 911 go out there and wrestle Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero match. <laughs> you have Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero go out there and wrestle the work rate match. You have 911 come out and squash a crappy match. When Mims and, and Slice Boogie are out there, you have Jack Stane come out, give two spears, and, and everybody pops out. That's what should have happened. So, there's my two cents. Uh, I mean, maximizing potential seems to be what we're all hoping for, right? Uh, there's so many good things that the NWA is uh, doing right. There's a lot of things that they're doing wrong. And if Jazz can come in and actually impact those areas where the NWA has been struggling, I mean, that's a win-win for everybody involved. You know, I kind of... I'm kind of sad that she's coming in as an agent, though, and not as an actual physical pro wrestler like look she's always going to be a wrestler i don't think you could take that dna out of jazz but i think you know i think if 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 given the opportunity to be able to see jazz in the ring one more time i think that would be tremendous and and you know we have to be honest with ourselves and and we're not going to put anything uh we're not going to wish for things that aren't going to happen, but could you just imagine if Jazz did get that opportunity to come back one more time? You know, she never lost the women's championship. You know, she, um, I mean, look, she, when she left the NWA, she left on good terms. Uh, you know, she, she had said uh, flat out that it was due to medical and personal issues in her life. Um, that she turned the belt over without defending it. And and Dave Lagana, Dave Lagana was hopeful 
that they would do business again in the future. Dave Lagano used to be the NWA vice president. And he was hopeful back then, in 2019, that they would be able to do business again in the future. And that was after her, uh, you know, essentially forfeiting the title before Crockett Cup 2019. But you know, the one of the one of the first one of the first title defenses Jazz had as NWA Women's Champion was against uh, Thunder Rosa. In fact, it, I mean, it wasn't the first match. Um, because her first match was in Georgia, and then she went to Japan to wrestle against Tiny Katrina. But then, Hackensack, New Jersey, for NWA Big Apple, Black, Blue, and Proud, January the 27th, 2017. She gets a victory over Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that Thunder Rosa. No, I'm not saying there's any animosity there. I mean, jeez, they're working together. The, the Dog Pound Dojo is, is basically the uh, triumvirate of Rodney Mack, Jazz, that's Jazz's husband in case you didn't know, and Thunder Rosa. I mean, they're working to improve not just the women wrestlers, but all wrestlers that attend the, uh, the dojo. But how cool would it be, right, if Thunder Rosa somehow managed to get the 10, the, the 10 pounds of gold? No, to get the Burke back from either Serena Deep or maybe even from Camille. doesn't really matter for this storyline. And for Jazz to just come out of nowhere, challenge for her, challenge to for that title one more time. And I know she's retired. Like, look, the woman is not uh, a young canary by any stretch of the imagination. You know, she's 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 getting older, and you can't wrestle forever. I mean, May Young and the fabulous Mula were uh, certainly not the norm, and. Uh, you know, everyone at some point has to slow down, has to stop wrestling. But could you imagine just just one more time, one pay per view, Jazz versus Thunder Rosa for the for the Burke? I mean, that's a license to print print money, isn't it? I mean, that's an opportunity to sell tickets. Because I mean, when when Jazz was NWA Women's World Champion, like she was a pretty uh, well. First of all, she held the title for nine hundred and. 48 days. I mean, that's probably not going to happen again. I, I don't foresee it happening. I mean, it, it, of course it could, but, you know, she defeated uh, Amber O'Neill, who then was going by Amber Gallows. Christy Janes, who, if you guys are familiar with Southwestern Wrestling Entertainment, you've seen her before. She's their current women's champion. In fact, you know, the Jazz held that title as well. But, uh, I mean, she went on to, to defend the title throughout NWA promotions, but not just in the NWA. Again, she was in Japan. She was in Canada. Like, she truly was a world-traveling champion. You know, she had some big victories at the NWA 70th anniversary show. She defeated uh, she defeated uh, uh, Penelope Ford in the, you know, a couple, a week, literally a week after that, at the Women's Wrestling Revolution, she defeated Jordan Grace. I mean, this this woman, <laughs> she's tough. She came to Hollywood, and uh, as much as we're all fans of uh, Heather Monroe here, she packed Heather Monroe Heather Monroe's lunch for her. She she has victories over Maria the Maniac. She beat Allie, you know. She beat a lot of up and comers, and she beat a lot of established veterans, you know. And when you look at that NWA roster, right, you have Melina. You have Taryn Terrell. 
you have Thunder Rosa, you have Camille. With any luck on the next round of TV tapings, you're going to still have Genocide, you know, keeping our fingers crossed. You're still going to have Sky Blue, keeping your fingers crossed. Alexia Grancia, I think, is not going to be around, but you don't really know. We don't know anything for sure. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. You have to remember, too, like, in the first three seasons of NWA Power, the, the woman who was kind of doing that job was Allison Kay. You know, when Ashley Vox, Tasha Stills, Marty Bell, Allison Kay, all four of those women were gone. So... Yes, Thunder Rosa is quite an accomplished wrestler, and, and, and again, she's a trainer now as well. I mean, she could certainly uh, lend a hand when it comes to to setting up these matches, but, like, is there anyone better than Jazz? I don't think so. I'm like, to Kevin's point, she could probably, she could probably help the men with their matches, too. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens again. You know, all of these TV tapings, uh, all the matches that we've seen for Power and Power Search, they literally have been for two or three days worth of tapings. So the next time they get into the Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios, you know, I hope someone comes in with a bunch of notes, you know, and, and, and saw what worked and what didn't work. You know, identified the assets that they have identified who the fans are really getting behind and who the fans would rather not see and make some executive decisions and book accordingly. You know, it was a little bit easier when the schedule was every other month, but with the, with the way it is now, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder to understand. It's a little bit harder to understand what's going to happen, you know, so many weeks out. So I'm, get, I'm starting to ramble here, so we'll wrap it up. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is great news. This is Good news for the NWA. If you're a fan of the NWA, this is a reason to celebrate. I think it's going to bring a lot to the table. That women's division, which has kind of been a strong part of the NWA, going back to the first three seasons, will continue to be a strong part. And um, hopefully it will still continue to foster that relationship with Mission Pro Wrestling. And, and maybe having ties directly to the Dogtown Dojo, maybe we'll see some new faces um, from the from the Southwest wrestling scene make their way to the NWA. But uh, one thing is for sure, we know that there's a lot more to happen and we won't know anything until after June 6th, after the pay-per-view. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens then. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember... Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.